Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, Incantation Nation, and welcome back to our podcast for the revolution. Tonight, we are discussing um, your psyche, your heart, where your head's at, what this state of your personal nation, your own personal sovereignty. Um, I am your enchantress. Hedera Bindwood, and our lead engineer is Bradwick Laughingbrook. And the cats are present for tonight's show, as well as my silent, silent, silent partner, Aaron. Um, and we've got a different show for you. We're going to open up the phone lines this evening um, so that we can check in. Originally, the show was going to be about where are we getting our therapy from. And, of course, therapy being a more modern format format for talking through what's going on with you. Anciently speaking, therapy did not carry that name. Um, as in the old ways, the ancestral ways, we bring our issues to leaders in the community whom we feel gets our value system, gets what motivates us, um, understands the spiritual context from which we are coming, and Needless to say, when I originally um, made a call for pagan therapists and pagan um, social workers or even psychiatric staff, the folks who were available were very unavailable because this season has taken on a very different tone. Um, Indeed, I could name one of a thousand ways that 2020 has stuck. <laughs> but as, as I'm sure you all will attest to this evening, but to share your victories and your grievances and your heartaches with a therapist who you are in the broom closet to and the folks who are involved with those therapy professions um, usually have to be either in the closet, in the broom closet about their own spirituality and their own faith, or they are already booked solid because of, you know, the abundance of woes that we're facing right now. Um, Bradwick, are you with us? I am. Hello. Hello. You and I had a conversation earlier today um, (laughs) because you, like a lot of our listeners, 
um, and even some folks that are in Village Laughing Brook or who knew the shop um, that was open for five years. Um, some folks come to us having never been to the shop. And we even have some listeners that didn't know we were ever a shop that then became a virtual community and is now podcasting. But you are someone who is fresh to the community, respectively. Um, But I wanted you to share, I think, with the nation uh, a conversation of sorts that you had through email or text or message, I'm not sure what it was, with another um, villager from Village Laughing Brook. They're also a member of Incantation Nation, but it, it gave perspective to this evening's show. So I was wondering if you would share what you experienced. Um, yeah, so I was talking to a villager uh, just actually yesterday, really, um, you know, and we were just chatting, and I, I was happy. I, I'm For one, I'm happy that I'm getting to connect a lot more with our villagers. It's been uh, really eye-opening, and it's really nice to know that we're all, you know, just a, a keyboard click away. Um, but we had been talking about the uh, the shop a little bit, and, you know, we were just kind of talking about other goings-ons, and um, they had actually asked me if I had been to the shop. Um, I said, yeah, you know, I, I had been twice. Uh, the first time, uh, Hader was not there. Uh, the second time, you were. And mm-hmm. I told the villager that my when I first met Hadera in the shop, I I was with... Megan deputy, you know, she was showing me everything that was at the shop and introduced me to you. And we sat down mm-hmm. at that round table in the purple room. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you offered yes. me coffee. Yes. Yes. You, you offered me coffee or tea. I kindly declined. Um, and then I <laughs> had instinctively started helping you prep some materials for the shop. You were sitting there tying ribbons on a book bundles or something like that, and you you said, baby, can you hand me the scissors and the ribbon in the bottom cabinet there? <laughs> I, I, just, I didn't think anything of it. I just grabbed it, and I handed them to you, but then I started cutting the ribbon myself and helping tie the bundles for the shop display. <laughs> I told mm-hmm. the villager, I said, you... you you don't see that happening at any other store. Like, I don't just walk into, you know, Food Lion and start helping stock the shelves. Like, I, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't happen. And um, they were really excited to hear that. They thought I had never been. And they brought something to my attention. And I guess in a sense also reminding me that um, using their words, and said that that's exactly why the village grew. Uh, you know, you, you just find this place to fit in. And there is a place, I am totally paraphrasing, so when they hear this, they're going to be like, I said those words exactly. Um, they said <laughs> there, is <a> pl- <laughs> there is a place waiting, at, you know, in the village. And when you meet your purpose, there's their words again. It's like a, a master locksmith's key. 
and you just sit, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. and that did really speak to me because I, I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Since the first time I met Hedera, I started working with her right away. And and, and here right. we are still doing it, still doing the thing. Still doing it, just doing it and doing it and doing it well. If you can tell me. <laughs> What rapper I just quoted, you will get a raise. Oh, come on, man. Uh, You know what? I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to let the whole nation just roast you because I cannot believe that you don't know (laughs) who said doing it and doing it and doing it well. Really, rings no bells with your, your coconut. No. Um, no, no. Okay. Uh, you know what? It's 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 gonna come to me. It's gonna come Don't to me. Don't you? Oh wait, no, no, no. Is... Oh, I will slap you to sleep. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you do it? Don't you do it? Put your phone down. Well, you can't put your phone down. You're talking to me. No, no. Okay. I, that is um, that was LL Cool Day. Yes. <laughs> He didn't want to get roasted, y'all. That's why he Googled that mess because, <laughs> see, I just, see, that's why you just got to slap a child every once in a while. Okay, whatever. Now you're going to listen to it, and I'm going to quiz you on LL Cool J. Okay? So I, I will be ready with my Google sidekick. Oh, my God. Peter McNeeter, Peter. Anyway, moving on. Okay. So Bradford's story um, with the villager illustrates um, a couple things. And that is a sense of belonging. Um, And as I have said before, that it's not, you know, I – I get teased a lot and, you know, I tell people that I collect jars of hearts. The song came afterwards, so don't bring that crap up. I invented collecting jars of hearts, but not broken hearts. Um, and I was talking about my motivation to open the shop and then to create the village and now to have a international podcast, I think I'm going to put up the map that I got from our beloved legendary General Kelly um, because she gave us a, a map of countries around the globe where we have listeners and it almost slapped me to sleep because it was Canada, the United States, um, Mexico. I don't know. I can't remember if there was any in South America. Um, Johannesburg, South Africa, because we've I've got some artists, artisans that live there. Um, Siberia, like Russia. European, a smattering of European countries, and I was just about dumbfounded 
because we, this is show number six. We're in quarantine week 32, and we've already got an international group of family, of pagan practitioners, witches, clerics, orcs, heathens, whatever. If you're a Tolkienist, you get that. Um, but the village truly is a nation and it's global. And that is because as practitioners, we know we need each other. And, you know, six years ago, this is 2020. I've been blacking that out because I just don't want this year, you know, on horribilis stuff. We need to just erase all of 2020 and just, ugh. But my motivation has always been to dispel this idea, this fraud, expose this fraud of isolation and alienation and loneliness because for many of us old hats that have been practicing for a minute, you know, we each thought that we were alone you know, that we were all this collection of solitary practitioners and we, unless you knew, you didn't know that you didn't know that there was a larger community, that there was a national network of pagans and witches. Um, Like I said, the old hats will understand what I'm describing, because this is back in the day when you cut things out of the back of a, you know, a Llewellyn catalog where it says you want to learn about witchcraft or send away $5.99 for, you know, this athame from an Azure Green catalog. Um, And that's pretty much how correspondence went, unless you were lucky enough to be in a community that had a gathering place that advertised festivals that um, talked about organized, um, let's say, for example, herbal conferences. And outreach was a lot harder and slower. But now, almost, you know, overnight, we have a community that's, global and you get in where you fit in and I literally opened the shop to let folks know that there was a place for them to get in there was a place for them to fit in and I thought that your story Bradwick was a perfect way to introduce this evening's episode episode six and talk about what community meant. And so I wanted to open up the phone line this evening and hear directly from listeners to Incantation Nation whether or not you've been to the shop, you are part of Village Laughing Brook on Facebook, or you are new listeners to Incantation Nation, I would love for you to call in to 
387-1776. Yes, it's a very revolutionary podcast. Even our call-in number is 1776. But again, our call-in number is 516-387-1776. And let's hear what's on your mind. Where is your head and heart at? Where is your magic? Are you feeling the belonging? Or are you feeling more solitary than ever, despite the virtual age? Um, So yeah, let's start with that. Bradwick, do you have a caller ready to roll? Um, Well, there I've got I've got several. I've got some lines lighting up here. Um, I do have a very, <laughs> I do have a very special caller for you. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go ahead and bring them on. Hold on, just a minute. I'll bring okay. them out of the abyss. Okay. Caller, are you there? Hello. Hello. Hi. Who am I talking to? Johan. And Johan, Johan where, where are you calling from? Just downstairs. <laughs> My Johan? Yeah. So <laughs> I have a question for you, Johan. What? So I've gotten some emails and some text messages and some voicemail messages from people feeling lonely or scared or happy, but they don't really have someone to share with. How do you, what do you think they should do? And how do you feel? Yeah, what you think. How do you feel and what do you do when you need to talk about something? Um, I talk about it with my favorite people. Okay. Like you, Nene. Like you, Nene. Mackie. Erin. Emma. Daddy. Who else? Do you have a special person you like to talk to? Neve. <laughs> Neve. Neve. Yeah. You love her? Is she your best friend? Yes. And you feel like yeah. you can talk to her about anything? Yeah. So what else could people do besides talk to their favorite people. What else do you do when sometimes your favorite people are doing something or maybe they're at work? What else do you do? I would just find like a stuffed animal or something like that and I would tell them about my worries so they would know. Yeah. And that's what I would do. do but you have a favorite for other people Favorite stuffy is um, 
uh, stuffy that I had when, well, well, since, um, so my sister Neve had it first, and then mm-hmm. it went down to my sister, I mean, my brother Mackie, and then it went down yeah. to Emma, and now it's to me. And, and you're going to keep it forever and Forever and ever. Yeah. But what, so folks have favorite people to talk to, or they have a stuffed animal friend that they can talk to. Who else do you think they could talk to? They could talk to the spirits around them. Yeah. They could, couldn't they? Or it's a special, um, it, go ahead. Or if they have these um, worry dolls, they could tell it to the worry dolls. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like it. And you can make the worry doll, can't you? I have already. Of course you have. Of course you have. Johan, I love you so much. You are a good villager. Do you know that? Yes. Yes. And you are very kind. And I think there are very many people who will benefit from what you shared this evening. Thank you, Bubba. And... Fun fact um, is that <laughs> water can make you less hungry sometimes. <laughs> we will it's true, though. We will it's true. <laughs> no, it's definitely true. And we should all keep hydration in mind. Shouldn't we, Brad? Yes, indeed. Shouldn't we, Brad? Yes. yes. All right. Well, thank you for calling in, Johan Tanner Gerhard Tebben. I love you very much. I love you very much. Okay. Thank you for calling in. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Bradwick, that was a absolute sneak attack on your part that you would have my beautiful downstairs tenant <laughs> call in. I feel like it's a, feel like it's a setup. Um, He's so okay. sweet. So He's so I sweet. Have, he, oh my gosh. I mean, you could easily slip into a diabetic coma um, <laughs> being around Johan because he is Super delicious, sweet. Um, wanted to mention the phone number again, 516-387-1776 in our email address. Um, if you are down, if you're downloading the podcast, Incantation Nation, throughout the week, um, where can folks go to either hear the podcast or download it if they're not able to listen to it live. Bradwick. 
Uh, well, uh, for starters, you could go to Block Talk Radio uh, and follow the links there mm-hmm. to listen uh, and stream them uh, anytime, anywhere. But we are also on Apple Podcasts. Go to that search bar, type in Incantation Nation, um, and we'll actually pop up within the Witching Hour Spellcast channel. Uh, we also are a – words are hard. We're also on Spotify. Uh, same thing there. If you just go ahead and type in the Witching Hour Spellcast or Incantation Nation, you will find us. You can go ahead and subscribe to that channel so you get notified when new episodes are uploaded. And, again, you'll be able to stream them anytime, anywhere. Beautiful cue. Well, and speaking of that, um, before we take our next caller, I wanted to um, basically paraphrase an email I got from a listener of Incantation Nation. Um, it's a longtime visitor to the shop, um, is a participant in Village Laughing Brook Facebook page, uh, virtual community. And to paraphrase, and we're going to keep them anonymous because I wasn't able to see whether or not I could use their name on air. So I'm just going to paraphrase the question. And the question was crisis of faith, basically, Um, given the season of the year that we are in, um, it is the Samhain season, and we know that there is no divide between the material world and the spiritual world. And this individual was feeling that their magic wasn't yielding results, their meditations were not yielding a clear answer, um, their ways of de-stressing, centering, and tethering weren't working, um, praying and wanting, you know, spirits or ancestors or deity, petitioning deity, and not hearing back, Um, and just the crisis of faith that this individual was feeling, um, just a lack of results, the end of the harvest season. And I want to thank that person for their email. I'm paraphrasing, but I don't want to give out any personal information But the question was one of a crisis of faith. And by that, I'm going to say this about my answer, um, that it's not necessarily a crisis of faith in their chosen tradition of craft. Okay? Now, what I'm saying is that their crisis is not necessarily a loss of confidence in uh, colonial witchcraft or uh, heathen traditions, Germanic traditions, or Celtic traditions, or 
British traditions. It was more a crisis of belief in their magic and in themselves. And I think we all can feel a little thin at the end of the harvest season if our labors have not yielded the results that we would like them to or that we had hoped for. And witchcraft and faith of that type is more of a transactionally based way of thinking. And by that, I mean there is, I believe to some extent, a expectation that this amount of effort should result in X or Y or Z uh, manifestation of a result. And I'm going to offer that that is a, a very capitalist way to understand faith. Now, this is not a criticism of the person who emailed Incantation Nation. This is a perspective that I would like for all of us to deconstruct if we can or take a look at more closely as pagan people or practicing witches or occultists. It's not necessarily going to work like that. You can't just snap your fingers and have the queen of magic show up at your altar. That's not how that works. There faith in oneself, faith in magic, faith in the gods, faith in the old ways is not something that can be put on a, a timeline or a deadline or schedule. It's also not something that can be quantified by, I lit the candles, I burned the incense, why the hell am I not getting the results I came here for? And that's a very fair expectation. That's a very fair question to have in your mind. And I want to offer you the idea that you Westerners specifically, Americans specifically, um, our society, like it or not, the Muggle context is one of capitalism and it is one of exchange. I scratch your back, therefore you should scratch mine. Well, guess what? That's not how magic comes to heal. That is not how the gods uh, appreciate being approached. But it is something that we can change the way we think about it and where we go looking for it. And like, I mean, I think Johan's question is an excellent answer to the email I got from this villager, this listener to Incantation Nation, that 
if you can't get an answer or one that satisfies from one way of doing things, try another. If that way of doing things doesn't satisfy, try another. And faith, belief, is not something that is borne out by results always. It can, and when it does, there, there's no other high in the world like that high when you have, with devotion, put in the work. With devotion and sweat, you have, you know, your heart bled for your tradition and your pantheon, over time, that confidence is built slowly. That belief is built slowly. And you end up with a stronger, deeper, more profound connection. And impatience is the way of American and Western society. But it was not that way. The agricultural cycle itself is a lesson in pacing yourself. You know, um, I know folks who were raised in certain faiths that have winter holidays would wish it that they have, you know, Christmas every day, you know, or Hanukkah every night. Um, and that's not how it works. And that there's a anticipation, a patience, an understanding that the wheel of the year turns and how to stockpile our victories for when they become sin. And so what I would suggest to Ship, who has just given his blessing for us to mention his name, um, what I would say to you, Chip, is understand that there are seasons for all things and that your devotion will be rewarded by a faith in yourself as God form, in your deities, your pantheon, in your spell work, in your community, if you are but to persevere. And later on in the show, um, I'm going to talk about a new way that I just worked up with um, my housemate, Erin. We basically had a conversation about this exact process Um, and the wheel of the year, ironically. And I'll talk about that later in the show. Um, But I hope, Chip, that this is a different way to look at what you're seeing as barren fields and an empty harvest. This year has been taxing. And if we haven't had a reserve of victories to draw from, 
then let us find consolation in each other as an incantation nation. Um, and like I referenced in the first episode, if you share like lyric, then no song need be lost. Meaning if you sing your woes and victory is allowed, there will be others to share that with you in barren times and on feast days. So I want to thank you, Chip, for your question. And we're going to hopefully bring you more wisdom to other folks' questions. And I'm wondering if you have uh, another caller for us, Bradwick. I do, I do. I'm give me one moment. I'll drag them from the abyss for you. Uh, you know what? Nice. That sounds violent. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you need to fix that. <laughs> Say you're sorry and, and drag me another body from the abyss. <laughs> Well, so who here we, we are. I, who do we have? Who have you dragged? Um, I have with us Almond Morningstar. Oh, Almond Joy. <laughs> How are you, Time my love? I'm full of yeah. love for you. How are you? Oh, I am doing okay. I am happy to hear from you. Tell me what. Every crevice in my crooked eternal soul was full of love for you. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most flattering thing. I adore you. So tell me what's the state of your nation, my friend. Tell me what's going on with you. Oh, now. Up, down, sideways. You know, as pagan folk, we live live between a space. Of the physical and the eternal energy. And the muggle folk will put crazy on you in a heartbeat yeah. because of the space yeah. you live in. Sometimes right. I just got to remind them that I'm just a nutty motherfucker. Yeah. And that's yeah. where I'm at, in nutty phase all the time. At least have been like here lately. So is there any... I guess, particular way that you are able to talk about your victories and your challenges and your problematical, what do you do when you are there in in those spaces where you feel like you need to share, but, you know, traditional therapy folk um, are not people that we can find ourselves talking to. I mean, it's not when you're not out of it's the It's not room easy closet. to find somebody who understands this lifestyle at all. Right. I've been in therapy Have for many had- years and I'm very openly pagan. It's something that comes up through successive right. therapists. So I found a decent one that I like. <laughs> and but you know I've you were just talking about Chip. 
I'm one of those. I'm I'm one of those who believes in the old gods. I'm one of those who believes that we're surrounded by a world of spirit and magical energies and entities who love right. us and everything I consider a victory because even if it's not what I want, I believe that the magic of it is the protection of not giving me what I want. Right. Right. I like that. And yeah. That's just, that's just the way you have to live it because you're not going to get what you want all the time. They're going to give you what right. you want sometimes. They're going to give you what you need, and more often than not, that's the part that's not fun. But, well, you know, yeah, that's true. Um, I had a individual ask me a couple weeks ago. They were making tinctures, and they wanted to use – a certain ingredient to make it taste better. And I said, ah, witchcraft doesn't taste good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's the now eat your spoonful you of sulfur. You know what I'm saying? Eat that damn sulfur or do a line of crust sulfur. No, I'm just kidding, y'all. Don't do what I say. Oh, my God. Don't crush yourself for y'all. You don't want to be sniffing that shit. Um, no. But, but I mean, the point being that witchcraft is the medicine you need. It is not the candy you want. I mean, you're absolutely you, right. Deno? You're absolutely right. But if you can get your spoonful of sugar... It'll help the medicine. It's all go the down. sweeter. When the sugar comes, you know it's all the sweeter. That's like you've been on a diet for a long time. I'm fat, so I don't know much about diets. But <laughs> you've been on a diet for a long time, then all of a sudden you decide you're going to have a square day and eat a whole cake. <laughs> it tastes a hell of a lot better. Sugar, no, it's, it's our back 40. That's what I call it. It's not, yeah, I'm not back fat. It's my back 40. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. My mama said she wasn't (laughs) fat. She's fluffy. I love that. All right. Well, thank you for calling in, Almond Morning Star. We love you. I love you so much. I love you so much. I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bradwick, have a good night. Thank you guys for what you're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, baby. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, my sister. Bye, Brad. Bye. Bye, Almond. All right, sorry. <laughs> he says, all right, sorry. Yeah, um, sorry. <laughs> I want, in between taking phone calls, if folk want to um, send a email to IncantationNation2020 at yahoo.com, um, if we don't get to it tonight, we can uh, answer it throughout the week. And I know a lot of folk aren't able to uh, listen to the live show on Fridays at 8 p.m. And so they are downloading the podcast podcast during the week. And we will be able to um, answer questions. It may not be a long answer, but we'll make sure that every one of those is answered um, and like I said, I've got a, a special epiphany that I had earlier, hell, only a couple hours ago, really, um, that I want to share with you all 
next hour, around 9.30 or so. We should be getting to that. Um, but a, a, in the village, on the Facebook Village Laughing Brook page, there was a post um, by October, and that is their name, that I wanted to uh, not read out loud, but again, paraphrase, because I think it's a question that is um, awesome for this time of year because we are almost upon the Samhain season and understand that Samhain is not November Eve. It is not simply October 31st. Samhain is, it is the end of summer and it is also what the Irish um call uh, November, the whole month. It's the Samhain season because we are in the, the fallow part of the year, the dark of the year. Um, but October's question was about having lived in Richmond, Virginia uh, for many years, and Virginia is a great place to find historically old and in some cases historically um, documented um, graveyards because some of them date back to the 1600s when we talk about New Salem. Um, But they've relocated to North Carolina and they are having difficulty um, connecting to the cemeteries and graveyards and um, really high magic, high saturation areas, which is, they don't necessarily have to be graveyards and cemeteries, but other places where she has frequented and been there a lot, she wants to find somewhere new. Um, And so... I mean, I get that. And what October was asking of the village was, hey, you know, are there some really cool places that anyone can recommend? And I thought that was an absolutely perfect question for this time of year Um, because there is no separation between the spiritual world and the physical world, the corporeal or material world, the connections are abundant and they surround us. And if you begin to think of each space that you are in as a space that is cohabited by as many, if not more, spiritual beings, than corporeal beings. And yes, what I'm saying could potentially creep out or startle somewhat um, those who have not practiced magic for very long or who have been, um, you know, raised in a different faith, one of the Abrahamic faiths, these concepts are probably going to be pretty jarring. But it's also, you know, the time of year that 
our faiths see the largest influx of activity because folks are naturally wanting to connect. Now, the root of October's question is, I'm tired of the same old, same old that I'm going to. And I guess my challenge to those who share this question with October is, are you thinking that it has to be a magical place that's identified by someone else that's outside the craft telling you that, you know, ooh, you know, graveyards and cemeteries are spooky. Well, if spooky is your jam, and I get that because spooky is definitely my jam, um, you could, again, paradigm shift or perspective shift, begin considering that the very space that you are in right now whether it's a room in your house or maybe you're at work or, you know, maybe you're out on the back patio burning wood, which is a perfect thing to be doing, um, you could begin to understand that there are as many non-corporeal spirits with you now as there are physical beings. So, for example, there's two human types in the studio right now, along with at least one cat, maybe more. So we've got four corporeal types. It's going to be the case that there's at least that many non-corporeal types with us in this space. That is also true for the person who is sitting on their back patio next to the fire pit. It's also true for the person who is is at their place of employment working a light shift. It is also true for someone who's anywhere out in nature there are land whites or land spirits that can, you know, there can be a dialogue with that magic. Um, for folks who listened to two episodes ago, was with Robin Artisan, and we were talking about the Cloven Stone um, workings, his latest book, and we asked him how much of your personal practice, your personal time is spent in places of magic or places of energy um, versus how much time is devoted to writing it down because Robin is a very prolific writer. And his answer was surprising, even to me, that 90% of his time is spent what I would call listening with a capital L to his natural context, whether he's, you know, sitting by a little brook or he is deep in the woods or even at places of 
power, quote-unquote, um, such as bridges, for obvious reasons, you're bridging worlds, if only across one side of a river to the other, or, you know, even a fallen tree, there are elementals to have this discourse with. There are um, keepers or guardians of these spaces that you can have conversations with. There are deity and deity emissaries that conversations could be had with. And so, yes, finding very, you know, cool, you know, whether new or historic graveyards and cemeteries is definitely a place to haunt. (laughs) I'm so funny. Um, I want you to begin to think about magic being pervasive and in all contexts in which you find yourself. Now, it's sometimes easier to feel that when you are alone in these contexts. And for some folk, it's easier to feel that when they're in ritual space or when they are in group ritual space or group ceremony. And my suggestion further is to find oneself in as many different contexts as possible to listen for that magic. And I'm saying listen only not because it's what you're hearing, but because the vocabulary is completely lacking for what it is I'm describing, which is immersing oneself and making connections within whatever context you find yourself, not just by hearing or seeing or smelling or touching or tasting, but a larger bodily scope that extends past your physical self and into what I call the everything, the grand warp and weft of the fabric of this place. And right now is the perfect time of year to be doing that because there is so much to experience. There is so much to connect to. So hopefully this pointed out that there are many different places that, yes, you can tap into more easily and become one with. But I want you to also challenge yourself to finding new places that one would not naturally think are magical or high energy. I think that's a fair answer, hopefully. Give us feedback. Um, Bradway, do we have another call? Mark? We do, we do. Let's bring them up from the abyss. See, that sounds better. Like, do you you spin a little wheel and it just, you know, (laughs) picks the name and you're like, okay, lucky number 666, you're next. Where are you calling from? I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, uh, we... 
<laughs> we have we have Michael here on the line with us. Michael, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Michael. What's good? Everything's good. What's good with you? Uh, I'm yeah. trying to make a chaos magic meme video thing, and I saw your post, so I thought I'd call in since you're an old friend. You know, your name is the Michael of all English names, right? Oh, it's, oh yes. It, I'm, it, I'm named after the angel. Oh, well, look at that. Yeah. Archangel. Well, mm-hmm. which Michael are you? Because I know all the Michaels. Uh, I was the one with the shorter name and the wife that I no longer have and a small puppy dog that's gotten larger right after your shop so sadly burnt down. Well, it didn't burn down. The building burned around it. Oh, I, I, I saw. Yeah. Well, it's, it's yeah. What's ironic is that um, the building caught fire because of the uh, negligence of the property owner and the electrical wiring within the wall. But we're not gonna, you know, bury another hatchet in his neck. Well, I mean, we could. Tis the season, wow. right? Anyway, let's check in with your heart and magic. Tell me what's going on with you. How are you um, feeling? Uh, that's a that's a wonderful question, and I I try to answer it daily, and I still don't get the good answer. Uh, I'm all the way across the country on the West Coast, away from all of my good people, and yeah. it's been burning. And I'm in I'm in the town that's in the news, and they have the protests and the fires and the police out nightly. And being an extra sensitive person, um, I'm feeling that daily, and yeah. that's a vibe. And yeah. uh, I had a relationship breakup. And I've got a bunch of free time on my hands, and oddly, I'm feeling spectacular. Really? Really. And, well, and I have no, no good reason to put towards it because everything else in my life seems to be falling apart. But it's good right now. So I'm just vibing. So, so <laughs> did you say that you are a solo cyberpunk? Uh, to an extent. Okay. I think that's fair. I think I would describe to that. I mean, if I could right now, but, you know. Um, how do you reconcile, well, put it this way. I myself have encountered <clears throat> dozens of therapists, psychiatric um, doctors, masters of social work and I can count on one hand exactly how many identified themselves as pagan or witch or occultist. Um, What has your, well, we don't want to say what has your experience been, but rather how many of the folks you've ever seen, if you have, um, were you aware of that were, pagan of per, of that pagan persuasion or witches or identified as 
someone whose faith you shared personally? Uh, because I, I group paganism as, as a big lump sum of a lot of different things in because it's a really right. weird, right. outstretched community. Maybe two out of 15. Right. Right. So then in that case, when you have so few options in terms of the modern idea or definition of therapist as someone to talk to, what do you do or with whom do you speak when you have woes that you need to share or victories that you would love to share but perhaps cannot? Where do you go to or what do you do to make that happen? Uh, I guess I talk to my dog. Um, I enjoy camping a lot. Um, So I go in, I I build a big fire, and I go and use the fire as a conduit to talk to spirit. Um, And I don't, I don't always know. I don't, I don't always talk about my problems, and that's probably a thing I should work on, actually. Well, hopefully, um, throughout the show this evening, we will strike upon some ways for you to maybe try something new or different to keep you involved. Well, what do you th- I am finding what do you think? new communities, and I'm trying to stay involved in that. But on on the mental health aspect, I think that's one of those waters that I want to dive in at my own pace because there's a lot of... Mm. There's a lot of kooky magic things that I'm into, and I don't want to infect other people with some of that because some of it has tentacles. <laughs> and I don't need other people Aren't touching my tentacles. Those are weird <laughs> enough for me. Praise Cthulhu. Oh, my gosh. Well, it is nice to hear your voice. And just so that you know, I hear your pains specifically, I will tell you that uh, one of my fleshies, one of my offspring was birthed in Paradise, California, which is now gone because it burnt straight off the map a couple years back. Um, I lived in Northern California for three years, I want to say three and a half years. And it was bewildering to me because I did not understand the geography because being from the East Coast, it's very lush. It's very leafy. And when I moved to Northern California, it was very dry and brown all the time. And um, the color palette weirded me out for sure. The dryness weirded me out for sure. I can see that. Um, I definitely can see that. Yeah. Well, and my son came home from school one day, and we were watching, you know, Paradise Burn. And he turned to me and he said, "I don't, I don't know how to feel about this." And I said, "Tell me more about that." He said, "Well." You've told me all of these beautiful, beautiful stories about 
birthing me in a, you know, Feather River hospital, which is now gone, had this dope maternity ward where the wall was made of glass and you could retract the wall. And it opened up to the pine and cedar trees in Paradise, California. And, you know, I told him all of these stories and he said, I I don't know how to feel because where I was born no longer exists. And it blew my mind. And I truly, it was a challenge to my being, my parenting, to try to understand how he was feeling but at the same time kind of put language to my own losses on such a scale I mean it was it's very uh familiarizing is it not like what the fire elemental power is when your habitat is on fire I mean could you agree with that yeah, I mean, I, do you find it disorienting? Well, I mean, I'm used to having giant bonfires, like ten, fifteen feet in the tall, just of wood, yeah, let yeah, alone flames. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to do that for a while, especially in, in my local area, because it's not ready for it. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't put out that vibe anymore because literally nature can't handle it right now, and it's kind of weird. Right. 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 Well, I want you to know, Michael, that you are loved and missed, and so is that big fluffy white dog. And um, I would love to hear from you. And if you wanted to write to us, um, you can do so a number of different ways. But I know that you know how to get a hold of me, so... I would look forward to reconnecting. Sounds good. I know where you live. I can send you a postcard. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But it's kind of a long drive. All right, sweetheart. I will contact you soon. Take care of yourself, and thank you for calling. Have a good weekend. You too, my love. All right, Brad Wick. Hello. I I just want to thank all of our callers for calling in today. This is really good. Do you, don't you agree? Yeah, well, yeah, I do, but say more words because if you've got oh, okay. feedback. <laughs> I mean, like, no, yeah, like, like, listen, yeah, say, say more words about what's happening in your brain space because you're listening to the show as well. I don't think people understand that I don't <laughs> divulge to the lead engineer or our lead antagonist um, what the design of the show will be. All that you get is the title and the incantation and maybe a graphic or two. So I don't think folks understand that this is happening new for you too while you're doing your lead engineer stuff. 
So tell me what's happening in in your in your brain hole right now. <laughs> in my brain hole. Um no I <laughs> I um am just so happy to see the the villagers coming forward. You know, when when you and I spoke about tonight's show, you know, I mm-hmm. we, we spoke about the shop a little bit. We spoke a little bit about how to approach the the mental health aspect without having the mental health professionals that we we were hoping to have, um, but that's again because of several different things. You know, there's an outing that comes with it. There's also the fact that they are probably super busy because of the state of right. things outside. You know, so when we spoke about how to address things, you know, I brought up the shop because that's right. what you mentioned. That like you told me, you know. I would have these conversations with people in shop. And, yeah. you know, I, I kind of built on that for you and said, you know, well, let's bring the shop back, so to speak. Like this, this is, yeah. I posted about it on our, on our social media. So if you guys are following us, you'll see it. You know, I did put out there today to make no mistake that the shop is still here. It's just right. transcended. It's, physical space. You know, Look now we have you. a new medium. <laughs> so proud of you. You make me so happy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and now that you've blown my cover, I guess it's my own admission time um, that this time of year is usually about, you know, having solemn suppers and, you know, eating harvests from the summertime and, you know, springtime even or years past if you do canning and those uh, arts, those art forms, those forms of magic. Um, And there's a certain feel to those things this year that there wasn't in previous years. I mean, this year, even those coming together of family, the reunions, the holiday dinners, even that is laced with sheer because of the coronavirus and because of flu season now. And that takes a toll. I mean, it is one of several traumas that we have experienced in the first 10 months of the year. I mean, didn't it feel like three and a half years had passed by the time we got to Beltane? I mean, honestly, by May 1st, I, I really thought I had aged another several years, and it took grounding myself seriously uh, with some wrought iron to truly hold to, you know, what this year can be for us as a people, for me as an individual, instead of everything laced with fear and apprehension and constant uh, signposts 
of mortality, we're not used to this. And this is exactly as traumatic as it feels. And I won't use a lesser word. Um, I'm not going to say that, you know, it's challenging. That's insulting to the level of challenge this actually is. And make no mistake, you are feeling what you're feeling. You are seeing what you are seeing, and you are hearing what you are hearing. And let no one tell you otherwise. You know, despite the past four years of presidential administration, if you want to call it that, I mean, that's another layer of lies and gaslighting that we have endured that is traumatic yet can serve as a challenge to us personally, um, locally as a community, and globally as a community, that we can transcend these traumas and experience what is called post-traumatic growth, um, which is an actual therapeutic uh, concept. It's kind of like post-traumatic stress disorder that talks about or illustrates maladaptive ways um, or shows indicators of maladaption, meaning we are not able to integrate our past trauma with our current livingness. Okay, I'm just going to apply my own language here. But there is also a phenomenon called post-traumatic growth, which is, you know, that traumatic thing that happens to you that 10, 20 years later, you can look at and say, wow, because of that thing, I learned a profound lesson. I, I grew immensely from, I understood suddenly that, you know, whatever the life lesson is, but that process is a magical one and it is a powerful one and a profound one. So just wanted to let folks know that growth is possible from all of these traumas, whether those are viral or climate or crisis of government, vote of no confidence. Um, But we do have each other. And in about 15 minutes, I'll talk about the epiphany that I have. Bradwick, do we have another caller for me to consume? Um, I have no consumption material at this time. (laughs) Okay, so basically folks were on hold too dang long for for us to get to the, see what happens when I start moving on. Let me know if the um, phone lines light up, but I'll just go ahead and share with Incantation Nation as well as Village Laughing Brook, our virtual community on the Facebooks, um, 
that I was sitting here with housemate and silent partner slash best friend, um, Aaron. And what I'm told is that I just grabbed her arm, which indicated I had a mental process happening. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, we have the podcast. We have the virtual village. We have the volunteers for Laughing Brook, which is um, a also a Facebook page where pagans, witches, occultists, and practitioners um, can contact each other and place their availability to run errands or to be helpful um, in some way to other villagers despite um, their geography. Even if they're calling from Portland, Oregon, if we have um, volunteers in that area, we can create a little hub, a little pod of activity um, in, say, for example, Portland, Oregon, where people can say, hey, I need a prescription picked up or um, can someone come rake my leaves? I can't do it because COVID reasons or because, you know, I can't get outside to do it. And there's a way for there to be a volunteerism because, like I said in the first few shows, pagans and witches, to my understanding, are folk who don't sit on their hands well. They they don't do well with being told you just have to believe. Oh, well, hell no. I don't just have to, first of all. And two, sometimes believing is not enough. I want to do. And I love when human being transcends that parameter into human doing. And that is something that I love, 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 love about pagan people is that if there is a need that we show up and the strongest allegiances and friendships and even connections to the others, whether they are elemental deities or otherwise, is the connection. It's all about the exchange. And it's all about getting up and participating, not spectating, being a part of it, doing something about it. Because there's only so far that um, hopes and prayers takes you. Well, what if I don't need hope or prayers? What if what I need is a gallon of milk? Or what if what I need is my leaves raked or my prescription picked up? As pagan people, we can be, are, and where we are able to assist those to lean on us, we are willing to do that. Full well understanding, but maybe not doing as well at receiving that same care from someone or several people in the community. And yes, that is a 
trust requirement. And there is a trust that is built over time. But if we want a village and a nation worth participating in, it requires participation and the doingness of the thing. So the epiphany I had was that I wanted the podcast to go to an additional day during the week, potentially Monday, because I felt like the podcast wasn't putting the resource of me out there often enough in a live format because of the conversation that Bradwick and I had um, about being moving from a physical space, a holy space, a sacred space, um, community drop-in center, more like, um, to a virtual space is that we don't get to lay eyes on each other. The doingness element of it is listening, I mean, is, is now listening, which is not as doing as some of us would like. And I felt as though I wasn't doing enough. I, it was insufficient. My soul was dissatisfied. And again, this is not something that even a therapist or professional person could soothe for me. It was something I needed to soothe myself. And so here I was in this moment listening to another newscast um, combing for information and perspectives and outlooks that needed to be addressed from a pagan perspective. And I realized that it didn't have to be a physical space, nor did it have to be a phone call, pardon me, a podcast. It could also take the shape of a text or a message or an email even. And then I thought about the rune gable, which um, for all you old hats, I you'll know where I'm going with this. But it is the rune which is symbolized um, by what folks would identify as a letter X. So it's one uh, stave crossed with another. And it represents an exchange of magic. And it represents more than that. It is the word rune means mysteries. And to truly shake yourself loose from looking up the runic alphabet and memorizing its translation to an English letter beyond that. Put that down for a second because I'm going to get runic for a hot minute. That the concept of rune, the translation roughly is mystery. And to study the runes means conceptually 
to study the mysteries, like the mystery of birth, the mysteries of death, the mysteries of inspiration, or the mysteries of deep, profound magic, the knowing of self. And Gebel mystery is the moment where you realize that you are both part and party to the mystery of reciprocity, the mystery of I am getting as much out of this as I am giving. So you are both the recipient of this gift, which is the literal translation of the rune gable. Um, But you are both the gift giver and the receiver at the same time. And it represents the moment or the phenomenon of understanding that you are participating in a moment of magic. And I realized, holy shit, that's it. That's the thing that we need. That is the thing that will satisfy my soul. I think it will satisfy a lot of pagan souls and witch souls as well. Um, because I came up with a plan and we actually already have a system in place. So what I realized is that if, for example, we were to contact a couple of our friends every day or a couple days a week, but then we were also the recipient of such phone calls daily or phone calls weekly, that the individual is the intersection of the stage of Gabo. What the hell am I talking about? What are you talking about, Hedera? Okay, stick with me. I want to create a phone tree. I want to name it the Gable Exchange. Basically, I'm saying gift, gift in two different languages. But Gable Exchange is kind of like Sally's phone tree from Practical Magic. I'm just going to say it. Just going to say it. But that in our village, and I mean national, international, global nation, if we were responsible for picking two friends or more to place phone calls to, either on a daily basis or on a once a week basis, but also we ourselves have to have, and not have to, more if you'd like to, two people who call us. Okay. So, Basically, what that looks like, say, for example, the two phone calls I get per week 
are one from Bradwick and one from Johan. I received those two calls as a single person. I am the nexus of the room gable. And then from me, I call two people, Aaron and Sakosha. What we've done is we have truly understand the rune gable for the exchange of friendship. Does that make sense? So there's two points that intersect at me and two points branching outward. I am both at once the recipient of the gift of a check-in phone call. At the same time, I am a gift giver by calling two of my fellow Incantation Nation listeners. And in that way, we are living the mystery of the room of Gebo, the gift. Because it is simply insufficient to me to be locked away quarantine week 32 and not be able to check up on my friends. And my friends can't come hang out in my house. And that is un-fucking-settling to me, y'all. I got to be completely honest about that. And I don't like sitting on my hands and doing nothing. So I needed to do something. But it needed to be something easy that wouldn't sap all my spoons, my magic. But that made a big difference to the health of our kindred, our village, our nation, as pagan people, witch people, occultist people, if that makes sense. So I want to set up what's called the Gable Exchange. And any of you who are interested in being part of the Gable Exchange um, can go to Volunteers for Laughing Brook, which is a Facebook page, and we will begin this process. If you have two or three people you would like to um, create this with, for example, uh, friends of yours um, who would you would check up on anyway, I would ask that, of course, you check up on those folks. But find two or three people who you may not be sure about their level of care. Are they needing more? Can you possibly call them once a week? Um, but my challenge is we would each need to agree that we will also practice receiving those calls, checking in, say, hey, you know, I'm going to text you 
every morning when I wake up, I'll call you on Tuesday nights, whatever your arrangement is. But I want folks who may not have someone in mind that if they would like to be paired up with someone that needs a call, but it's basically you give two calls, you receive two calls. And that way you become part of this little pod of people who is uh, not necessarily the same two people you're getting calls from, but you know what I'm saying. You have, you become a link in that chain, a part of that circle um, of this Gebo rune, this mystery of reciprocity. And I think that that will catch folks who we can't physically catch at a physical location, a shop right now. Right now. We will, but not right now. But to strengthen our people, we can get involved with this oath of sorts that we will both practice receiving help as well as practice giving help. And that help can be just checking in or it can be picking up a prescription or it can be, you know, creating a, making a crock pot full of chili and dropping it off at an elder's house. Although crock pots are kind of heavy, so you might want to use that for Anyway, um, but the point being it will it will satisfy a lot of souls to be doing more. All we can do is receive two calls and give two phone calls. Then we are living our magic. We are strengthening our community. And for those of us who have been feeling like I need to do more, this can be it. And I would like to call it the Gebo Exchange because whether folks admit it or not, we need each other more now than we have ever needed. And whether that's got to do with governmental crisis or viral crisis, the climate crisis, we need each other. Hell, you know what? Even, let's do this. The Gabo Exchange, you all could even carpool, if possible, to go vote together. Shit, y'all may create your own little pods within the greater nation. It could be a a local chapter thing. But let's just start with a phone call. Sounds good. But, so, let that soak into your brain hole. It's one other way that we can live our principles, live our spirituality, understand the mystery of the moment of magic that happens when you realize the gift is truly being able to give and receive and how miraculous and magical that can be. So Bradwick, Bradwick. Yeah. yeah. Are you are you crying? Are you crying, Bradwick? 
<laughs> oh, I am not. I'm digesting. <laughs> oh, Dara. So what do you? Oh, my um. <laughs> so what do you think of that apple? What do you think of that? Well, for, all right, for starters, she thinks I'm crying because norm, normally when Hedera and I talk off air, I somehow end up in tears because she says things and the things <laughs> mean things. So that <laughs> has that effect on people. Now I just, um, now I just sound abusive. I do not listen, y'all. I do not <laughs> verbally abuse Bradwick. <laughs> I know. He um, stuff. What? No. Just say what you were gonna say. What do no. you think of what do you yeah. what do you think of my Gebo exchange? I, I I like it. I like it a lot. Um there 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 is magic to it and I'm again I'm you know, I'm still new to things, but I have come to understand that um magic isn't always getting to your altar and lighting your candle and burning your incense. It's not always you know, talking to the old ones and, and, and whatnot. It's it's not always that. Um I have right. recently come come to find and see the the magic in, in the simpler and seemingly mundane things like placing a phone call. Yeah, that can't do much. Well, no. It can. Um you know, there right. are times that you'll make that phone call and you just happen to make that phone call at the exact moment that that person needed it without yeah. even knowing it. You don't know you don't know what kind of effect you're actually having and that's that's part of the magic there. And another thing was that um I feel that part of our magic is is sharing it. And that can come in the form right. of, you know, making that phone call, checking in. How are you doing? Right. How is are how are you and, and your your magic at the moment? Like do you need help with anything? So I I am I'm I'm loving it. <laughs> that sounds like a fast food commercial. I'm just kidding, it totally doesn't sound like a Well, fast it food did. Commercial. I, I wanted to take the words back when I said it. <laughs> I'm loving it with an apostrophe, no G. That's um. Well, so now that you've said that, you're gonna have to tell the story about what you told me today in terms of how it feels to be on the receiving end of such magic wasn't there was it a text you got or a phone call you had um where you were thanked for the first time for doing what you're doing (laughs) Hmm? um okay so (laughs) um say the word have i'm i'm getting there so i (laughs) have not the art of receiving and Hedera will will second that because I, I am absolutely horrible at it. I I <laughs> give, give and give and the second somebody says good job, I shut it down. Like, nope, you don't mean it. Just go away. 
let me continue doing my thing. You know, I, I've never been able to take a compliment. Well, it's, you know, it's just, it's just a thing. And, um, with going hand in hand with the, uh, the, the phone tree here, you know, I had contacted a couple villagers recently, but they, they reach out to me and they, we just started talking and this actually happened with two villagers in one night. And, um, right. You know, one, one of them had mentioned, um, actually it, it was, it was Chip. Uh, Chip had messaged me and, uh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I saw his post and I reached out to him and said, Hey, what, you know, why don't you contact us tomorrow and send us an email. Hedera can help you out and talk to you a little bit. And he had spent a long time drafting his email to us. And yeah. at the end of our discussion, you know, I could tell that he was frustrated with things, but at the very end he said, thank you for giving me a space to be heard. And I about lost my shit because <laughs> Adair had been telling me that that people, you know, were, were going to need this and we were doing, you know, good work and that people were going to start responding like that. And I wasn't really prepared for that because I, I hadn't met Chip. I've never met him before. I've never really spoken to him. You may have liked to post or something on the village, but I've never really communicated with them. So to me, it was like, Ooh, this, this villager is just, just saying these things to me. Thank you for giving me a space to be heard. And it hit me so hard because I was like, Oh God, yeah. you, you're struggling with this and you have no place to be hurt. Like you just thanked me for giving you a place because you had no place and that hurt me a little bit. But at the same time, right. I was extremely thankful that we were able to offer that, and that was right. me participating yeah. with him at that time in that magic. He was, I was giving, and he was giving to me as well. He just didn't really know it. He didn't know I needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm getting all goosebumpy, man. Damn it, Chip, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I needed to, and I, when you shared that moment with me, not only did I have the gratification of saying "I told you so," um, but watching you grow through the realization that. Your voice, Bradwick, is the revolution. Chip's voice is the revolution. Neve's voice is a very loud revolution. Um, <laughs> hell, my cat's voice is a damn revolution. It, I mean, Stuart just talks endlessly. But anyway, my point is, it. It is earth-shifting when you realize that what you love and find important is also important in the life of someone else. We can never truly see the revolution that 
someone else is having eternally and emotionally unless they say the words. And when we thank each other for creating space, you suddenly become aware that your need and motivation to do a thing has fed not just you. It has fed the sometimes starved hearts of those who are touched by your voice, your revolution, your example walking through your world. You are seen whether or not you realize it. Um, Anyone who has watched a toddler repeat verbatim what you swore about that morning at the breakfast table can tell you, you never know who's listening and what effect it has. It's not always embarrassingly retold at a parent-teacher conference, it also can show up in terms of an unexpected thank you from people and that we should not underestimate the value of a phone call or a shop or a podcast or a pot of soup or a picked-up prescription that they were freaking out they wouldn't have in time. But you made that happen. Someone feels a little bit more seen or heard because of a phone call. And it makes a difference. And we need to get comfortable with love because we are all too familiar with pain and suffering right now. And... Troubled have been my dreams of late. Um, Because I've been dreaming of our future as a people, um, dreaming of our pagan family and the chaos of the moment. And I needed to feel better about that. And to feel better about it, implicates all of the rest of y'all because you're going to feel better about it too. Damn it, I'm taking you with me because we need to feel better about our stability and anchoring because we're going to need it. It is the Samhain season. The ancestors are with us, our Beloved and beloved dead are with us. The elementals are with us. Deities, bidden or bidden not, are with us. And we can help each other through these times, these lean times, um, through Gebel, through the mystery of exchange and reciprocity and understanding that 
We are both the gift, its recipient, and its giver. Well, that makes us three, so then that's not both. That's a few. But that is our magic. Bradwick, I'd like to move on into our incantation for the evening, if you wouldn't mind. Yes, that sounds lovely. (laughs) Okay. Well, tonight's episode, because as you know, this is Incantation Nation Episode 6, Quarantine Week 32. But I'd like to pull from the Havamal, which are the sayings of Odin, the All-Father, And my absolute favorite um, verse in Havamal is verse 50. Havamal 50, stanza 50. Use whatever you want to there. But it goes this way. On the hilltop drear, the fir tree dies. Protects it neither bark nor needle. Such is the one whom no one loves. Why then be long-lived? And it seems, but what I love about this stanza, this verse, Havamal 50, is that it speaks to the fact that we are never the fir fir tree on a hilltop drear. We don't have to feel exposed. We don't have to feel alone. We can be in the wood, in the forest of pagan people, witch people, occultists. And so what I did, I wrote a response, Hahavamal 15. You can call it Hedera numero uno. And my response to Havamal 50 goes this way. Yet thrives the tree grown in the wood. Great numbers, the widest shield. Strong are we, bonded to kindred. Old age to all those so loved. So, Encantress. Hedera Bindwood, and you have listened to another episode of Incantation Nation. Please come back next week when we have a special guest, and we're going to talk about Samhain season in the midst of voting season. So it's going to be an interesting episode. With that, Bradwick,
Feel the triple one's rebirth 